No. Yo, 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 it is your Boys Will Be Boys weekly podcast. I am here on a Victory Tuesday. Benjamin Victory Tuesday. Coming live from Dallas, Texas, my esteemed co-host at the end of end. Anthony the Goat Gatelli. Andy, how are you doing today? Uh Benjamin, I'm doing pretty damn good. Uh I feel like it's been it's been what, like a month since we got a win? And how long has it been since a convincing win? A year? Almost a year. It's it's been some time, man. That was that was an easy one. That's like that was like when you that was a real slump buster, you know, like sometimes you just gotta go to the bar and find an ugly chick that you know you can just take to town and that's what we did on this this game that's yeah, what happened you know, here some someone's you don't got to leave it the prettiest girl in the bar just a girl at the bar and you uh, ever you ever play a video game where you're you're fighting like a boss and it, and it kicks your ass and then it kicks your ass again and then the second time you die the video game is like hey man you want to turn the difficulty down a little <laughs> bit and you're like uh no i don't i'll feel bad whatever and you do and then you just whomp on the boss and you're like that felt pretty good that's exactly what happened here this that week. was that was the perfect analogy for this last sunday um and it was it was much needed it was absolutely still absolutely um you know, I, it, I think more than anything, and we'll get into obviously the entire game, um, but I just want to start off by saying I love seeing this team have a have fun playing football again. To see the guys on the sideline stoked, they seemed focused, they seemed loose, um, it's just really awesome. That's exactly what you want to see out of this team. Yeah, and we kind of mentioned on that last podcast, and my, my prediction was that I felt they really just wanted to play some football with you know, Zeke, everything that's been looming with his case, um, the anthem stuff. It just felt like they needed to go out and just lay the wood on somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Walk Stradamus over here with the accurate predictions. Uh, I like yes. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's just jump right into it. Um, as usual, yeah. folks, uh, we're just going to take you through um, last week's uh, amazing game, give you some highlights, give you some thoughts on that. We'll take you around the division. Uh, give you kind of what's been going down in the NFC beast and uh, and then give you a, a preview of our upcoming game against the Washington Redskins, uh, a classic division rivalry. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, ben, so you know this game against the Niners. Um, you want you want to walk us through just how this how this kind of came to be and and what happened? Yeah, so um this game we were uh, playing on the road in San Francisco, which, isn't a big deal as I really feel ever since they left the candlestick, they've been. Just yeah. They're, they're playing in Santa Clara and their fans hate it and their fans hate their ownership and they should, cause it's an atrocious, atrocious job, but that's neither here nor there. Right. I've never really seen a team as talented be blown up so quickly over the course of about three, four years as San Francisco. Yeah. Well, you said it perfectly last time that five years ago, this is one of the best teams in the league. Elite, oh, yeah. elite level. And now they're – I think I saw the power rankings today has them at 31. 
and they're 0-6. Only the perennial dumpster fire that is the Cleveland Browns is considered a worse team than them. Yeah, which is which is probably fair. So we were facing a, a rookie, as we mentioned in his first start, C.J. Beathard is – I learned how they actually. Uh, I think you mispronounced that. It's uh, it's actually beat hard. <laughs> and yes, CJ beat hard, and that boy got beat hard. Am I right? <laughs> he wasn't right? hard to beat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> got him. So we were walked into this game as six and a half point favorites. One of the largest spreads of the weekend for our degenerate gamblers out there. I would have told you to lay the money for sure. That was an easy call. And, Put the uh, ranch on the Cowboys. Put the ranch on Dallas, old man. Oh, absolutely. So we get ball first, which is a trend this year, Andy. I believe now in seven games we've received the ball five times in the first uh, first off. So yeah, just interesting that uh, I, I don't know if that's by design or just how it's happened. But anywho, once again, we begin, and it's not actually the prettiest beginning drive. We go three and out. And it's a and it's a weird three and out because the first play of the game, Zeke rushes for five yards, and right out of the gate, you're like, hey, I will take that all day. And then Dak proceeds to get not one, but two consecutive passes tipped at the line, which is very uncommon. We haven't seen that from him very much. No, and that was that was weird. I don't I mean it's hard to nitpick one drive, but it was just odd to after busting up five yards that they wouldn't go right back to it on second down. And uh, I don't know. The team does that a little bit too much for my liking, but, you know, I won't. Agreed. Like I said, can't nitpick too much in a 40-10 to 10 win. Um, anywho, so we punt, but for the first time in three games, we get a turnover. Oh, and, I, and a beautiful turnover it was. Yeah, so uh, they field the punt. Um, I forget who actually comes in and lays the hit. I think it was Kenyon Frazier. And that boy, the rookie Xavier Woods, comes up with the X. ball. And yes, he does. That was And that actually, was strange stat. Strange stat. The Dallas Cowboys are leading the NFL in forced fumbles right now, which is an odd – you don't hear that very often about our team. No, that is not one that I've heard. That was – Good to know, I guess. We just haven't covered many, I suppose. Yeah, we forced 12, but we haven't had a turnover since week one. So, odd. Right. So, we get the ball on their 20, and three Zeke runs later, first touchdown of the day, and we're off to the races. And just really never looked back after that, Andy. Little did we know that was going to be the last appearance of – well, no, we, we got Dan Bailey for one more touchdown after that. Yeah, we'll we'll touch into that. I almost I almost kind of teased that in our early game or in our yeah. intro to this, but yeah. So, so they get second the the, yeah they get the drive or they get the ball and Dan Bailey puts him out out of the back of the end zone. They touch back um, and they try a run with Carlos Hyde right up right off the bat. They get about two yards. Crawford makes a good tackle and then we get a sack by Damian Wilson, um, one-yard loss. So now they're looking at three and nine, and they go to Pierre Garçon. He doesn't catch the ball. Uh, and Cowboys defense has a three and out. So already we're like, hey, a, a turnover, a touchdown, and a three and out from the defense. Can't complain about that opening sequence. No, not at all. Not at all. And we proceed to march right down the field, seven plays, 74 yards, and a 
Another Ezekiel Elliott touchdown. This one for 25 yards. And um, this was the first moment in this game where I was like, wow, that's the that's the vision that I remember from Zeke from last year. Um, he, he identified the right hole. He went through that. And then he made a good cut in the second level to get by the linebackers. Uh, and took it all the way down to the one where he got tackled and he managed to like stretch it out, roll over the tackler uh, in the secondary and make it into the end zone. And just like that, we're, I mean, we, we can't be more than what, five minutes into this game and Zeke's got 60 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. And he looked good all day, man. I mean, he was, he was hitting the hole, making nice little cuts. I mean, it was really the Zeke of last year you know he's had some good games early in this season but this was the first game where he really looked at that elite level that that you know won him so many awards last year so yeah absolutely well and and i think that what we're what's interesting to look at is now i know that we've hypothesized before that hey maybe zeke thought he was going to be sitting to start the year um and so that's why he didn't you know, didn't come in, in in what we would call tip-top shape. Um, but if you look at Zeke's last five games, so he had the opening night where he played pretty good against the Giants, not spectacular, but pretty good. Um, you look at his next five games, starting with that terrible game in Denver where he had nine carries for eight yards with a long of five. He got absolutely shut down. Every game after that, Zeke has gotten 20-plus carries and his yards have gone up every single time. So he goes 22 for 80 in a touchdown against Arizona, 21 for 85 in a touchdown against the Rams, 29 for 116 against Green Bay, and then finally 26 for 147 and two touchdowns on Sunday against the 49ers, which is very similar to what we saw from Zeke last year. Um, last year we saw Zeke put up – uh, you know, kind of what, you know, you don't want to nitpick a guy who was an all pro, but what some would term pedestrian performances to start the year, um, 20 for 51 against the Giants, 21 for 83 against Washington. And then he has a breakout game against Chicago where he has 30 for 140. And then after that, the floodgates were open 23 for 138 in a TD against San Francisco 15 for 134 and two touchdowns against the Bengals, 28 for 157 against Green Bay. So Zeke might be one of those guys that, you know, he has to get going a little bit, find that confidence, find that rhythm. And we might have seen the first step towards that on Sunday. Now, obviously, we may uh, we may have that entire situation either continue or come to a screeching halt on Monday in a courtroom in New York. Yeah, that's still looming. I mean, he's going to play against Washington. That much is known. Um, but, yeah, that, that could be the last game for six games, or we may get him all season. It's it's tough to say, Andy, and I, I hate that that is still something we're talking about week seven in this season. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. So, But going back to this this game on Sunday, we'll definitely get into the Zeke stuff, but going back to the, the next drive on Sunday, uh, the 49ers got the ball, um, and they you know they got some good plays in. Um, chiefly, you know, uh, Beat Hard got a good throw into Marquise Goodwin, uh, a former Texas alum from here in Austin. Uh, Carlos Hyde had some good runs, and, and uh, Beathard actually got some pretty good uh, scrambles in on this drive, a 16 yard run, a 14 yard run, um, and got, you know, a couple short yardage passing 
situations out into the open against the Cowboys, you know, sometimes questionable linebacker core. Um, and they got down to the Dallas 24 where they got stopped and they kicked the field goal. So we're at 14 to three. Um, and following that was the, the first time all day, the Cowboys punted. Um, so we had given Zeke a little bit of a break, uh, Second time, but yeah, we because they fumbled the first, but yeah, we uh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're totally right, yeah, exactly, you're totally right. Um, I, you know, I just, I just wiped the bad stuff from my memory, Ben. I just, I just like to imagine this altruistic vision of how this game went. Um, so yeah, that Dak hits a really great play, um, to, to Cole Beasley on first down, Cole gets 24 yards, um, and then Alfred, we run Alfred Morris. And then Dak has to kind of just scramble out, throw it away a couple times. Um, he does hit a, a short pass to Rod Smith for five yards, but it's just not enough. Um, so on fourth and four, we punt uh, at the San Francisco 45. Um, luckily, the defense showed up right after that. Um, again, uh, we, got, we got a great sack from David Irving on this drive. Um, Sean Lee got a tackle for loss. They got one really big play on this drive, and that was the first play from scrimmage. They got a big pass to Marquise Goodwin over the middle for 48 yards. Anthony Brown managed to catch him. Um, but after that, you got Carlos Hyde going around the right end, getting tackled for a loss by Sean Lee, an incomplete pass to Marquise Goodwin, and then Bethard tries to roll out. He tries to bootleg left and gets absolutely blown up by David Irving. Um, I got to say, man, Irving has been super impressive since his return. Oh, absolutely. You know, David Irving, um, since coming back, I think he has three sacks already. In two games. In two games. Um, Demarcus Lawrence was a monster again today. Um, he's up to, what, nine and a half in six games? Nine and a half. And that's including, I think, two sacks that have been taken away from him by the stat book. You know, being like, oh, actually, that was half a sack. Oh, that was actually, we're going to give that credit to this other guy. And then he also had one taken away by penalty. Um, where he got the right. he got the sack, but a defensive holding in the secondary took it away from him. So the dude's already technically at double digits. Yeah, I looked. Um, these two guys. Do you want to have? Do you have any guess of what we're paying them combined this season? I'm gonna say we are paying them. Um, hmm. I mean, Lawrence is still on his rookie deal plus option, right? Right. This is a contract year for him. So I'm going to say total we're paying our two defensive ends that have combined for, you know, 12 sacks and or th almost 13 sacks, and David's only played two games. Um, I'm going to say we're paying them less than four million total. We're actually paying them less than two million. Jeez. Last year of uh, Lawrence's contract, he's making a bit over a mil, and David Irving not even making a million. So. I think we controlled David Irving. I think he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. And I know D-Law is a free agent at the end of the year, so both of them will command some money, Andy. But for this season, dude, we're getting really elite pass rush for pennies on the dollar. And like any good team, any team that wins a Super Bowl, you got to have people playing way above their contract. Absolutely. Yeah, they, and they looked amazing. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence literally has not had a game yet where he doesn't have a sack, which – I can't tell you how many games the Cowboys had last year or in the previous five years or whatever it has been since DeMarcus Ware left, where we had games where no one had a sack, period. I think we've had several seasons where the sack leader was under 
seven. I think last year the leader was oh, yeah. six. Um, so that's that's stupid crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's great to see. You know, these dudes are to uh, quote Jerry some war daddies in that whole <laughs> some war daddies, absolutely. <laughs> and um, they they just get after the quarterback, and it's like you said, it, we haven't really had that. We still lack the big takeaways. Hopefully, those come. But uh, you know, definitely as far as getting pressure, it's good to have some guys that are at least to this point been very consistent this season. Absolutely, absolutely. So they punt to the Cowboys. Um, and right off the bat, uh, Dak goes to Des Bryant. Des makes a, a kind of a routine catch, but actually dropped it. It touched the ground, so they call that back. Um, luckily, should have caught that ball. I, you know, I'm. I find it hard to tell a guy like Des Bryant, "Hey, you should have caught that." In a lot of situations, but that was a pretty routine catch, in my opinion. Yeah, um, he seems to be a lot better at those high point. That's the second one in two weeks, I want to say, where he's had that low throw kind of. He needs to go to the Terrence Williams school of body catching to learn how to catch against his body because Terrence never drops those. He's all about the body <laughs> catch. He loves them low and right into the stomach, man. Absolutely. Um, so on the next play, it's second and 10. You're like, oh, man, you know, we're kind of behind the chains here. Um, Dak does one of his classic uh, end arounds. 13-yard rush, gets the first down, gets out of bounds, throws a nice stiff arm. Um, and then we have Zeke gets stopped in the backfield. One of the few times Zeke got stopped in the backfield. Um, and then Dak just kind of goes to work, hits a nice pass to Dez. Zeke gets a six-yard run. Uh, Dak hits Dez again for five. Uh, and just, just kind of the rest of the drive is pretty much just uh, Dak throwing to Dez and Zeke just pushing up the middle three, four, five yards at a time. Uh, Dak hits a nice pass to Alfred Morris for nine yards uh, and then throws what I would consider one of the prettiest passes I have ever seen from Dak Prescott. Um, Jason Witten, old man Witten, Mr. Dallas Cowboy, just the living embodiment of American patriotism and traditional Christian values, makes an insane one-handed catch. Just beautiful, just effortless. It's not like a crazy – like you know, Odell Beckham Jr. behind his head, one-handed catch, but it's just like, it looks like he all he does is catch one-handed passes, just plops right into his hand, pulls it in, touchdown Cowboys. And this is where we learn that King Bailey may in fact be injured. Right. Well, we didn't even know, like, you know, we kind of take notes for these games, you know, just so we can kind of come back and, and talk to them. And at this point, um, after that amazing catch by uh, Jason, and I heard he uh, actually they asked him, "Do you practice those one-handed catches?" And he goes, "No, I just I always practice two hands on the ball." But <laughs> of course <laughs> he does. Of course but he I does. I just love for Jason Witten that is so him. No, that's not really my style. But uh, yeah, so we go for two, which everybody in our room looked around like, "What the hell are we doing here?" Yeah, same he over never, here. Jason never ever goes for it. You know, this is a totally different philosophy which i'm you know if you want to be the team that goes for two that i don't necessarily hate the ideology but it was just a weird point we don't get it it was a really ugly play and um yeah so then the kickoff comes around and it's jeff heath back there kicking off and that's when we realized that uh there's probably something wrong with dan Baker. and so that's uh you know it came out later dan pulled his groin it's probably gonna be out a couple weeks um, the Cowboys have actually signed 
uh, a a kicker. We dropped uh, Demonte Moore uh, in order to make room for him, and it's actually the uh, kicker that uh, his name is Mike Nugent. He was the Bengals kicker um, for a long time, actually, and uh, he he got cut from the. He was a he was a pretty good kicker, and then he had a, a really bad streak of misses last December where he missed like six PATs and a couple field goals, and the Bengals released him. So um, he's on the Cowboys now. He's going to try to hold down the fort until uh, Dan Bailey can get back, and we lose DeMontre Moore. But like we were saying earlier, we're getting such good pass rush out of the primary guys. Uh, not not a huge loss there. Yeah, I don't I don't think he'll be missed, really. Um, DeMontre Moore, not obviously Dan Bailey will be missed, and that'll be something to monitor. You know, we probably have the best, if not – arguably the best kicker in the league um, absolutely and it's just such an afterthought like you watch teams like um the los angeles chargers would be five and one if they had a kicker this year they lost three games due to missed kicks it's and it's the free it's the just, free throws of football man it's the free we just take it for granted because dan's so automatic i mean to this point he's statistically the most accurate kicker of all time um, yeah and and not only that He's a weapon from so far out. I mean, a lot of guys are like, oh, we have a really accurate kicker. But they're talking about, you know, from inside the stadium. Dan can kick it from the fucking moon. This guy had literally any, anything inside of 50 yards. You pretty much just assume that he's going to make it, which is a really crazy place to get to in the wake of the kickers that we put up with this Cowboy fans for many years. I know you and I remember the days of Nick Folk missing 30-yard chip shots in game-winning situations. So – we're very thankful. Oh, I still see Bailey. him. I saw him around for a few years, and I'd always be like, "Just wait till it matters, and he's gonna miss." Yep. I saw Sean most definitely around. There's a lot of ex Cowboy kickers floating out there that just give me headaches when I remember remember what they did on this team. So to find him, and I think he's been here what five, six years now, maybe even longer than that at this point. Yeah. So we're we're rolling with Mike Nugent, which I was just passed a note by. Uh, my assistant, uh, Ryan McCoy, that Mike actually won the 2002 Ohio State BCS championship. So he is responsible for beating Miami. So, well, look at uh, that. Look at Mike. Mike's done it on a big stage. He had to be bailed out by what I would consider a ridiculous penalty, but he did what he was asked to do. So come on down, Mike. Let's see what you got. So, yeah. So getting back to that, this game. Yeah. So at that point, it's 20 to three. Um, 49ers get the ball back, and they start to, to move the ball a little bit. Um, they got some some nice chunk plays, you know, 16-yard uh, pass play up the middle to Gittle. Um, so they're, they're moving the ball. And then uh, out of nowhere, on uh, they get stopped by Hitchens and Jones um, on first and 10. Carlos Hyde gets stopped behind the line. And then on second and 12, uh, Tyron Crawford just blows through the interior of that line and sacks Bethard for an eight-yard loss. Um, and again, it's another situation where the pass rush changed the dynamic of a drive. These guys were were moving pretty well, and all of a sudden they're third and twenty. Um, they pretty much throw a little dump route out to to Carlos Hyde, who gets like six yards, um, and they got a punt again. Um, so again, pass rush just coming up huge. Um, I think Dallas would punt again after that. Uh, and then the next drive from from the 49ers was really kind of a game-changing one. So do you want to walk us through that one, Ben? 
Yeah, so this was, at this point, like Andy said, we're up 20 to 3. Um, it's really the Niners' last chance before the half. And as I mentioned, we got ball first, so they were going to receive in the second half. They start marching it down. Um, Hyde busts off a couple runs. You know, Bethard's actually looking okay. Um, and they get actually all the way to our goal uh, line. It's second and goal from the five. When And this is when the Cowboys will normally – we're up 20 to 3 – this is when the Cowboys the will fold. Yeah, will fold. Then they'll get the ball back at halftime, and suddenly it's 17-20 before you blink. Exactly. So in this case, that did not happen. Um, Beathard goes back to pass, and that boy, Demarcus Lawrence, comes around the end, forces the fumble. It's free for a little bit. And who recovers it but Demarcus Lawrence, baby? Man, just an animal. Just an absolute animal. He is just playing so far above his pay grade right now. And that, that play honestly changes the game. I think I think uh, Coach Garrett said as much that, that that play was the most pivotal part of the entire game. Um, and suddenly the Cowboys have it. Um, they run a couple plays before the half. Um, I don't think with Dan, with Dan out, I don't think they were really expecting anything there. I think they were just trying to see if, you know, Zeke or somebody busted one. But, yeah, that was pretty much a give-up drive before the half. And, Absolutely. Uh, we go up 20 to 3. So at this point, we're feeling good, but at the same time, this is a familiar story. Cowboys with a nice lead at halftime. We've seen teams adjust on us, come back in, and just slowly march back and beat us in the last two minutes. So I'm still a little nervous at this point. Um, luckily, uh, right out of the gate, so they get the, the 49ers get the ball in the second half, um, and they instantly start moving the ball a little bit. Carlos Hyde gets a nine yard run. Um, they convert. Bethard hits a couple like eleven yard passes. He's doing his thing. Um, they get all the way down to uh, the Dallas twenty seven, and on third and three, Carlos Hyde gets stopped for a one yard loss by Sean Lee. Which I just have to highlight: having Sean Lee back completely changed this defense. Um, just absolutely night and day difference from a run defense perspective, from a coverage in the short game perspective. Um, and so they decide to go for it on fourth and four. I mean, I don't blame them. They're down pretty badly at this point, and they're in. They're very close. They're on the 28-yard line. Um, and Beathard uh, just misses uh, his receiver and such is life. Um, and the next drive would be only one play, but boy, was it exciting. Yeah, this was pretty much the nail in the coffin at this point. Um, right after that momentous stop, we throw a screen pass, which – goes to Ezekiel Elliott, and he makes one little move, gets to the sideline, and then he turns on the Jets for really the first time this year and leaves everyone behind. He looked um, like he had that gear again, which I have yeah, not seen was, him. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a nice 25, 30-yard play, you know, at that point, and he just burned past everyone, kept his feet in bounds, um, got hit, absorbed it, kind of spun in, and Next thing you know, he's in the end zone, 72-yard pass. And I saw something interesting that that was the exact same pass that we ran last year against the Steelers that went for that long screenplay touchdown. So that was beautiful to see. Um, I love that we have that in the playbook. And at this point, it's Zeke's third touchdown. Um, Jeff Heath actually (laughs) hits the extra point on this. Yeah. um, Which I marked in my notes, Andy, as Jeff Heath is good for something. And, well, I don't know if I'm ready to give him that high a praise, but he he was certainly satisfactory in that moment. So I'll give him that. I'll give him that. So yeah, 
they punt pretty quickly again, and then we once again do the methodical longest drive of the day for Dallas. 13 plays, 80 yards, 7.44 off the clock. Yeah, and this is a great drive. This is a classic Cowboys drive. Um, it's almost an eight-minute drive. Um, you're getting some nice intermediate and short passing from from Dak. You're hitting Witten. You're hitting uh, Jeff Swaim gets a ball. Um, Des Bryant. I mean, everyone's getting involved, and Zeke is just pounding the rock. Um, Zeke gets Zeke's rushes on this drive um, go for seven yards. Uh, he gets a three-yard pass. We run Alf once. He gets a 14-yard gain, which is great. Then Zeke goes for 14, three, and then three yards, and then two yards, and uh, and then Dak does the the read option, which has become a classic staple of the Cowboys playbook at this point um, on second and goal from the two. Uh, and Dak, I love that. You know, we we don't yeah. run it anywhere but the red zone, and I kind of give Linehan some. I don't know, some grief sometimes on the predictability of our play calling, but I love that that's just a little added element that we only seem to bring out, and it's worked wildly. Um, yeah, it's incredibly effective. So far. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of glad we don't run it all the time. Um, I don't want Dak taking the kind of hits that you're going to take if you're running read option all the time, but it has just been outstandingly effective at getting – Dak into the end zone um, and most of the time kind of untouched he very rarely gets really blown up he I remember he took one pretty big hit um, when he supermaned into the end zone when he supermaned or last year against Chicago he kind of got stacked up and he just had to kind of muscle his way over the line um, but yeah for the most part he just finds that hole he's really good at for for a quarterback he's great at reading kind of the blocks and where to run um, so again the Cowboys score um the, and I think uh, that this is uh, Jeff Heath showing his uh, maybe lack of true kicker talent, missing the extra point. But at thirty-three to three, no one's going to complain. Yeah, Cowboy um, fans, don't blow up our mention saying we found our next kicker. Yeah, if I see that on on the Cowboys subreddit one more time, I'm going to puke. I, I really, I, I understand, guys. Like every time a Cowboys player does something good, everyone's ready to christen them. But this is insane to me. Um, so Jeff Heath then proceeds to to kick off a do a touchback, which is great. You know he got the distance, um, and the the Niners just kind of get shut down. Um, they get one eleven yard pass out of the gate, uh, and then another, and then a six yard pass, and then Beathard gets sacked uh, by one Jalen Smith and fumbles the ball, which is recovered by Tyron Crawford. Yep, that was um, your boy Andy. He came in and he laid a hit on that one. Yeah, and I mean he wasn't blocked. They didn't scheme for him, so it wasn't like he had to do a ton of crazy work. But one, we don't have anyone else at the linebacker position with that kind of closing speed. And two, I like to see the violence of that hit. You know, Jalen will lay the wood on somebody when given the opportunity, and I think that speaks volumes to not only his ability but also just his confidence at this point because we know that's been a big issue. You know, he's coming back from this horrendous injury. Will he play kind of timid? Is he going to be worried about the the leg? Um, and he just powered through that line instantaneously and, and just blew Beathard off his feet. Um, second forced fumble for Jalen Smith this year, uh, even in limited action. Um, I was very, very happy to see that. It was awesome. Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, at this point, we're just rolling them. Um, we immediately score after that. Um, the, my favorite touchdown of the day, um, Des Bryant catches a beautiful ball 
Um, well, I mean, actually a little high, but he makes a beautiful catch on it. Toe taps in the back of the end zone, and he puts yeah. himself up front the Dallas Cowboy record book tying Bob Hayes for most receiving touchdowns all time, Andy. This is, well, this is a great drive all around. So this drive is eight plays, and it's six Zeke runs, one incomplete pass from Dak to, to Terrence Williams, and then once we're on the two-yard line, we hit Dez. And it just goes to show you on this, just you just can't really guard Dez in the red zone. You know, people have – there's been a lot of discussion about like, oh, Dez isn't elite anymore. He can't do this. He can't do that. I don't hear any of those voices talking about Dez once we're inside the 20-yard line. Dez is nigh uncoverable, even in his like elder statesman era of being a cowboy. Um, and this was, this was you know, an, a classic jump ball. Uh, and Dez just went up and got it and had the presence of mind to toe tap in the end zone. Perfect catch. Um, and yeah, just to, that's exactly what we want out of the Cowboys to have a 29 yard. You only have a 29 yard field to play with. And yet we managed to milk the clock for 411 by using Zeke. And then get it to to Des to uh, you know save Zeke another hit on the goal line uh, and, and get him get the the guy a touchdown. I, I just love it all around. Absolutely. And uh, from that point on, we pretty much just put in the backups. The Niners get their first touchdown drive of the afternoon. Um, Bethard goes ahead and runs one in on the goal line. And at this point, you know, I mean, we're up forty to three. It was you know. And let's 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 make sure we note here. He only got that touchdown because of a what I would consider somewhat ticky-tacky defensive holding call on Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown had a beautiful interception on this drive that was called back because they said that he was, you know, guilty of defensive holding. Um, you know, obviously we've admitted on this podcast many times we're homers and we are definitely going to always side with the Cowboys, but this was not an egregious penalty. This could have been a let them play situation, but nonetheless, he get they get the touchdown. For, it is uh, forty to ten, and that is how the game would end. Uh, you know, just about five minutes later. Um, so all in all, you know, pretty dominant performance on both sides of the ball from the Cowboys. Um, you know, what did you? What are your thoughts, Ben? What did you think of the offense? What did you think of the defense? Yeah, this was a, a complete win um, on all all sides of the ball. As Jason would say, it was a good you know, it was a good football win. Um, a bunch of football <laughs> for the organization doing. Uh, I thought they did some great things on offense, did some great things on defense, and <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was really nice to see. And I uh, uh, I love the offense today. You know, it, it ran through Zeke. He had a huge day. Um, over two hundred all-purpose yards, three touchdowns. He was clearly the focal point of the offense today. And when we get a lead on teams, that's that's what I like to see is just pound him. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, from I loved what I saw on both sides of the ball, to reiterate what you said. I mean, the Cowboys played their brand of football. Um, you know, we went out there. We didn't ask Dak to throw it a thousand times. He had 25 pass attempts, um, very efficient, 234, three touchdowns, rushed in another one. Um, and we put 265 on the ground on only 43 attempts. So we're over six yards of carry, three rushing touchdowns. Um, the offense just did exactly what you would – if I you know, designed a Dallas Cowboys offensive performance, this is what it would look like. Um, from a defensive perspective, I just cannot complain at all. Uh, ten points is obviously great. Um, the Cowboys are actually in the top ten in passing defense, 
and the top uh, half of the league in rushing defense. And I think some of those numbers are a little skewed by not having Sean Lee. Um, but in points against, we're 22nd. Uh, so to see us not give up, uh, you know, only, to only give up one offensive touchdown is really great, I think. And from a, you know, a, a splash play perspective, getting the special teams turnover, uh, getting the forced fumbles, getting, uh, I think we had five, yeah, five sacks um, and 12 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, we hit, we hit the QB eight times. I mean, that's, that's all you can really ask from a team like this. Uh, so, you know, that's, that should be the model on which we build every game plan for the rest of the season, for sure. Um, now, obviously every team in the 49ers, this I is gonna say you can't play the Niners every week, you know, um, unfortunately. And I know people are going to look at this and say, yeah, you beat a and six, and seven team you know, big whoop. But as we said last time, they've been playing everybody really tough, everybody within a possession. I think coming in five of their six losses were, you know, one score games. So they weren't just – Yeah, they had lost the previous – yeah, they had lost the previous five by 13 total points. Exactly. So they're they're two touchdowns away from being undefeated. Um, So this is probably one of the better 0-5 teams in the history of the NFL. Um but yeah, great, great game from the Cowboys. And I think people recognize that this was an important step for the team to take. I mean, we saw the power rankings this morning come out from ESPN. They put us in the top five. I think that might be a little presumptuous given that we played the, the 49ers. Our wins are against the currently ranked number 31 team, number 29 team, and the number 28 team. But we're somehow a top five team. But hey, I'll take it. I'll take the praise for sure. Yeah, I think our combined – our three wins are against teams with a combined three wins this season. So, you know, it is what it is, but you can only play who's on your schedule and the schedule's about to get a lot tougher. So this was a good, this was a good one to build up. Absolutely. And we're going to learn a lot. You know, this next stretch is going to be the tough part for the Cowboys. Um, They're going to learn on the 30th, you know, whether or not they have Ezekiel Elliott for the rest of the year, which after seeing his performance on Sunday, um, it's fairly obvious that he is, you know, the lifeblood of this team. When Zeke's playing up to his potential, we are very difficult to beat, and we are very easy to get whomped on by. So, um, you know, that said, let's let's get into, you know, what while the Cowboys were were doing this, uh, you know, thorough job of dismantling the 49ers, What else was going on around the division? Um, let's take a look at the NFC East. Uh, so Ben, did you did you happen to catch any of the illustrious New York Football Giants playing the Seattle Seahawks? I don't think they're calling them the New York Football Giants anymore. I think they're just the New York uh, Giants waiting for the off season or uh, the New York Knicks fans, which either <laughs> they, they yeah, this well for them. But I did see a little of this game. Um, it was actually a lot closer than the final score indicated, Andy. Um, Agreed. The Giants were up. I think they scored the first points of this game, went up 7 nothing, and then they just never were able to get the ball in the end zone again after that. Yeah, and I'll say, I mean, even though, you know, you look at this box score and you're like, oh, my gosh, Russell Wilson threw for 334, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, you know, Doug Baldwin had 92 and a touchdown. They had three different receivers score touchdowns. Um, I, you know, I came away not that impressed with the Seahawks, to be honest with you, um, especially from a defensive standpoint. I mean, the Giants are so broken. They have one guy you have to cover, and that's Evan Ingram, and he had 60 yards in a TD, which is a great tight end day. So um, 
not not super great on that side of things. Um, they did get beat twenty four to seven. Eli was out there just trying to throw for his life. Um, nineteen of thirty nine for one thirty four, so three point four yards uh, average and one touchdown. He managed not to throw any picks, but he did have a fumble. Um, so just not a uh, not a great day for the Giants. Not a, a super impressive day for the Seahawks, but they do come up with a big win. Uh, to move to four and two, the Giants dropped to one and six. Um, so it's a it's a rough it's a rough year for the uh, the Giants. And like kind of like how the I Eagles look at uh, quarterback in the draft, man. I've been saying I'd, I agree. I think, I think Eli's washed at this point in his career, at least for what they have around him. Man, they he would only be able to succeed in the beefiest of offensive lines. Agreed. Um, and they totally clearly agreed. don't have that anymore. He can't win games with their arm. They don't have a running game. I mean, we've gone over this. Uh, we play them one more time this season. I thoroughly expect us to handle business in that game. Uh, but, yeah, the Giants, one and six. Um, they'll probably get a couple more before the end of the year, but uh, they're done. Um. And you know, even they're just they're just not they're just not performing the way the, even even the guys are paying a lot of money. Um, you know, no Olivier Vernon, no Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, you know, Jason Jason Pierre-Paul got three tackles. He hit the QB once. Um, this is not what you expect out of a hundred and fifty million dollar, uh, you know, defensive end tr- duo. Um, so they're not looking good. And kind of like uh, the team we're about to talk about has kind of. They look like it's going to be really hard to catch them. Um, they're looking like it's going to be really hard for them to not end up in dead last in the division. Um, so moving from kind of dead last to uh, currently first, um, the Philadelphia Eagles played a, uh, you know, what I would consider a hell of a game on uh, on Monday night football. Um, you know, they came away with a, a big win against Kirk Cousins uh, and the Washington Redskins. Um is uh you know not not totally unexpected. Uh, they you know they looked good coming into this game. They were what five and one, six and one, um, and and they handled business. Uh, the Redskins just really couldn't get it going. They, they scored some kind of garbage time touchdowns, um, but other than that, not a whole lot of uh, firepower going on in what what is honestly a very expensive and highly touted offense. Yeah, I've said this about Washington. They're the hardest team for me to really put a finger on. There's a lot of flawed teams in the NFC. Uh, Washington on paper looks like it should be better. They have a much better offensive line than a lot of people um, who, by the way, we'll get into in the preview, is banged up pretty bad at the end of this one. Um, Terrell Pryor has been off with Kirk Cousins. He's looked like a terrible contract. Uh, Jamison Crowder, who was a spark plug for them last year, has been off. They've really only had splash plays come from their running back position and Chris Thompson. Occasionally they're tied in, but Jordan Reed's been banged up, so it's been Vernon Davis actually making a lot of plays. And, uh, yeah, they're – I like Kirk Cousins, man, as a player, but I, I think they're they're looking at like an 8-8 eight and eight team. You know, they just can't seem to yeah. get it all, all together. Well, unless you're Drew Brees or Tom Brady, it's hard to win games when you're throwing the ball 40 times and not getting anything on the ground. Um, the leading rusher for the Washington Redskins last night was Kirk Cousins. Um, he had 30 yards on the ground. That's a terrible sign, a terrible sign, especially when your leading receiver only has 60 yards. Um, just not a good look. On the other end, 
Um, you know, the Eagles, they don't really have a running game either, so to speak. Um, you know, their leading rusher, LeGarrette Blunt, got the ball 14 times. He put up 46 yards, um, a little bit over three yards of carry. So nothing crazy. Um, but but Wentz went to work, man. He carved him up pretty good. He did throw a pretty ugly int on the first uh, possession of the game. But after that, he settled down, and Wentz continues to impress, man. I got to give him his due. Yeah, I think I think the Wentz wagon is is in full effect. That guy is begrudgingly very good. And I even talked with my uh, cousin this weekend. Um, and I want to be one of those people who who doesn't believe in Carson Wentz. But I watched that game in full last night, and he's he's the real deal. He made a throw last night. I know the guy was wide open, but he aired it sixty five yards. I think they said on the money. I mean, I, like I said, that guy was. 10 steps in front of everyone, but still he threw that far down the field. He's got a, he's got an arm and you see why he went number two in the draft, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he was making it happen all over the field, you know, making it happen with his feet, making it happen with his arm through four touchdowns. Um, and the Eagles do have a couple, you know, weapons that will, you know, cause some trouble for some teams. Zach Hertz is a very good tight end. Um, he has made some plays, uh, that will test uh, whoever you put on him. Um, you know, I do. I would expect to see a little bit more from some of the other Eagle wide receivers, namely Alshon Jeffrey, who I I've still have not been impressed with, despite you know his incredible rookie year. Uh, last night he had uh, two catches for 37 yards. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, quietly Nelson Aguilar is doing his job, which, man, I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, Nelson snags galore's at it again. He had Barf. A, <laughs> he had a nice day. Um, I just got to put it out there. You know, you see these people talking up Philly, and yes, they've looked better than every team. They may be the best team in the NFC right now, um, but they have no run game. I hate that people keep saying that they're a balanced football team. No, they throw the ball a lot. Garrett Blunt is a goal line back. Occasionally, he might get physical and. and and bust one, but he's not going to do that very often. Wendell Smallwood, yeah. guy, none of y'all could name before the season began, so don't. Oh, I, I could name him because he had a very big bad fumble against the Cowboys last year. He's my hero. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Big so Wendell Smallwood guy. At all. I hate hearing that. No, no they rely on Carson well, and, and probably the best front seven in football to give them their due. Well, Butcher just Carson just look company. at him. Exactly. Well, and just look at them last night, man. They run 33 times for 127 as a team. That includes eight carries for 63 yards by Carson Wentz. Um, so if you take those 63 yards out, we're talking about a team that rushed 25 times for about 60 yards. It's about two yards a carry. Um, they could they didn't get anything going on the ground. Um, and you know, no no receiver that's catching 100 has 100 yard games. Um, and I will say this, as impressive as they were, uh, Carson Wentz had some bounces go his way. He did have two fumbles and an interception. Um, the, the Redskins really weren't able to capitalize on those as much as they probably should have been able to. Um, one, one bright spot, though, I'll say this. Uh, Philadelphia drafted a hell of a player in Derek Barnett. Uh, he had two sacks last night. Um, you know, I, I – I, I, Seven's really good, man. Really yeah, really I've been, I've, I've yeah, been out in the open with the fact that I wanted him in the draft. I wanted Barnett. Um, we ended up with Charlton, who, you know, I'm not going to go in go in on this kid on the podcast. 
But suffice it to say, um, you know, this is one of those situations where like Andy overreacts and Ben is the voice of reason. But I've, I've been saying, you know, I just don't see anything from from Taco that really makes me excited. He had a couple QB pressures yesterday. Um, some people have said, oh, you know, he had a pass breakup. That's great. Um, but I haven't seen anything that's that tells me that this guy was worth a first-round pick. Um, ben was quick to point out that, hey, pass rushers, especially rookies, you know, tend to not bloom immediately, and especially if they're not top 15 picks. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens with him. Uh, thus far, Derek Barnett certainly looking like the more effective first-round pass rusher out of that draft. Yeah, and if you look who went right after Taco, um, TJ Watt, um, Barnett, there's a couple, I think Ruben Foster even, there's a couple guys who yep. we would love to have right now. So uh, the jury's still out on him. He may turn out to be bad, but we didn't see much from Demarcus Lawrence's rookie year. We didn't see much from, you know, uh, a lot of these guys early on. So we'll just have to see. Jury's still out on him, but I agree. He's 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 been pretty much invisible. And I think that uh, Agreed. in our uh, – NFC East um, around the league talk, which which actually a nice a nice transition into um, our preview of next week's game. So we are playing the Washington Redskins, who we've just been kind of discussing a little bit. Um, you know, Ben, what are your thoughts on these guys? I'm going to say that I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, given how we played, given how they played. Um, I think we're better than this team, uh, both on paper and. In actuality, I think that we are hitting our stride a little bit, you know, having just won a nice big game by 30 points. Obviously, we played pretty poor competition. Um, but I think that if we get the kind of pressure that we've been getting on quarterbacks, we can make uh, Kirk mess up. And we have not seen their ability to run a balanced, you know, team otherwise. Uh, so, I mean, we, this is a team that rushed for 75 yards last night. And that's been, if you can't, you know, take advantage of our linebackers and coverage and you can't run the ball. It's hard to beat the Cowboys. It really is. Cause we're going to, you can't, you're not going to have the time to let those long routes develop. Uh, and you're not going to have a lot of time in the pocket to throw downfield. Um, we've, we've managed to, to put at least, you know, some duct tape on that issue for now, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I've touched on it briefly. Um, I think the Washington Redskins are a hard team to figure out, but, you know, they, they do have a talented quarterback. They can throw it all over you. Um, our secondary has been better in recent weeks. Um, and I, I do like when Sean Lee's on the field. It does make me feel way better. This Washington team can't really run at all. Um, they have a three running back by committee, none of whom are really explosive. Um, Chris Thompson's made some big splash plays for them, but they're not a – they're not a consistent team, so they're going to rely on Kirk Cousins to try to go out there and beat us pretty much. Um, their defense is all right, but they're without Josh Norman. Um, and because of that, I like the chances of Des Bryant getting free on Breland um, and company. So I will be favorites heading in, but it's a test. It's you know it's going to be a really tough game. Um, both teams are 3-3 three and three right now, and both teams really need it. So Yeah, and it's a division game, and we've said it a million times. Um, you know, division games can go either way. So this is a, we are, I, you know, I, I agree. I think we will be favored. Um, we've scored more points than them. We've given up fewer points than them. Um, 
So we, I think going in, I, I think I, I like our chances, but we need to go in full tilt, super focused. Um, I, I'll tell you this, you know, we can go right into predictions here. Um, I expect another big game from Zeke. Uh, I think he knows that come Monday morning, he might be riding the pine for a little bit. And I think you're going to see a very focused, uh, you know, very hard running Zeke Elliott. Uh, and I think that they are going to give it their all, um, you know, as far as Dez goes, I think he would like it a little more if Josh Norman was on the field. I know they love their matchups. Um, but Dak played stupendously against the, the Redskins defense last year on Thanksgiving, uh, and I expect the Cowboys to come away with this one. I, I'm going to say uh, 31-24. Um, I think that they will get some points. I, I'll give Kirk Cousins his credit. I think he's good. Um, but I think the Cowboys offense is going to be a little too much and we'll just have the ball a lot more than the Redskins are going to, given that the Redskins are going to throw 45 times and the Dallas Cowboys will of course be just running the ball down their throat over and over again. What about you? Where do you see it? Yeah, go ahead and mark this as another podcast episode where your co-hosts are shamelessly picking the Dallas Cowboys to victory, but I'm in i I'm in agreement with you. I think we, we finally saw the O-line and Zeke click. Um, I know the Niners aren't great defensively, but I still think that was a huge step for them. I think we're going to run with with pretty much ease through most of this game. And like I said, without J- Josh Norman out there, they have two O-linemen, by the way, Andy. Um, Trent Williams, their star left tackle was banged up. He's supposedly going to play, but he already came out and said he needs surgery. Um to what he has, but he's going to try and play through it and get it at the end of the year. Um, their right tackle also left the game. He got kind of cheap shotted, honestly, by Philly. Um, and I think one of their guards got a concussion. So they're really beat up on that O line. So give me some Demarcus Lawrence and David Irving sacks this game. That's great news for us. Absolutely. And like I said, they're not a good running team anyway. So they're going to be having to throw against us. So yeah, I like the Cowboys' chances. I, I would say I almost agree with you on score too. I think it'll probably be a uh I'm gonna say twenty seven twenty. Very nice. Very nice. Well we will certainly see uh you know how this one shapes out. Um these games are always great. I love when we play the Redskins. Um and you, we will get to watch this. It is in Washington, DC. It is at three twenty five uh PM Central Time. Um so we will be back next week uh with a uh, another show where we will talk about hopefully uh, another victory. I would love if we could have back-to-back shows where we talk about a win. Um, so guys, uh, that's going to probably do it for us tonight. Um, you know, as usual, thanks so much for listening. We, we really appreciate it. For those of you who are new to our show, this is going to be the first episode that we, we kind of post to the social media world. So welcome to boys will be boys. Um, if you like what you heard, feel free to click on the SoundCloud link and go listen to our previous episodes. We've been doing this for a couple weeks now. We're really enjoying it. Um, and if you like what you hear, subscribe, like it, leave a comment. Uh, we always love to hear from from anybody that gives us the time to, and listens to our podcast. We super appreciate it. Um, ben, any final thoughts? No, sir. You said it all. Just uh, go Cowboys, baby. Absolutely. Uh, As usual, this is uh, Andy Catelli and Ben Walker from Boys Will Be Boys signing off. Have a great week, people. Peace.